0141-951-1025. It's time to talk football. It's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Good evening and welcome to Clyde One Super Scoreboard A European disappointment for Celtic As Valencia leave town with a comfortable victory Rangers could be facing a striker crisis ahead of tomorrow's game And Hearts hope to keep Stephen Naismith amid interest from the MLS I'm Gordon Duncan, joining me tonight is Derek Johnson and Hugh Keevans Europe has gone for Celtic Now the question is, how do the players react to last night's poor performance? There will only be three points between Celtic and Rangers by the time Brendan Rodgers signed Kick-off against Kilmarnock on Sunday afternoon The Celtic fans value eight in a row Far more than any European competition But has Celtic self-esteem Been affected by getting the runaround from Valencia Or are they over the Spanish Inquisition? Rugby Park will provide the answer Derek Johnson, a big weekend to preview this evening Lots to look forward to uh, Very much so And even in the in, in the lower divisions Partick Thistle, such a, a huge season for them They're away at Alloa Which is another difficult one for them But yeah, when you look at the games Rangers against St Johnston And you're right You know, they've they've obviously got Morelos out suspended And the other two strikers that they have Defoe and Lafferty are, are both injured Will they make it for Sunday? It's imperative One of them does And of course, Hamilton Hibbs First game for the new Hibs manager there as well So there's plenty to talk mm. about tonight Yeah we're going to hear from the new Hibs manager We have uh, a new signing for Partick Thistle Scott McDonald yes. has come out of retirement I don't know if it was official retirement anyway But he's back playing Scott McDonald now for Partick Thistle Look back on last night Look ahead to the weekend It is all happening Let's hear from you on the phone 0141-951-1025 If you would rather tweet Then you can do so You will find us At Clyde SSB Uh, Right let's get straight to it Shall we Brendan Rodgers Says Celtic put pressure On themselves Against Valencia They lost 2-0 Last night The manager says It wasn't the performance He was expecting Valencia are a team That wait on your mistakes You know They're very organised Very compact And um, And unfortunately for us We made too many mistakes Especially in the first half You know With the ball Under no pressure We We but we gave it away and of course when you do that against good teams it sort of kills your momentum really and it puts you on the back foot and we did that too many times and at this level you can get punished for it the problem for us was that we made basic mistakes and then what happens is when you do that you become safe in your game and then instead of playing forwards you end up going sideways or backwards uh, and against a good team that are well organised and good players if you do that then uh, it's very, very difficult. Now, it does leave Celtic with a mountain to climb when they head to Valencia for next week's return leg, but the manager says it's by no means over. At this level in particular, you know, that belief has to be has to be there. And, you know, so we've got good players. We might have one or two back as well next week. So, uh, but like I say, we need to defend and concentrate well, especially in key moments of the game. And then if we can get, like I say, we get the first goal, then it could uh, set us up for a really good uh, second leg. I do not believe I have fairies at the bottom of my garden and I do not believe Celtic overcome a two-goal deficit in Spain. They were poor last night. They were defensively poor. The first goal, Simonovic steps out, not realising that Izaguiri hasn't joined them in stepping out. They were defensively naive. They weren't brave enough on the ball. Uh, They created no chances at all that I can remember. Uh, And therefore, for all of those reasons, Celtic are out of Europe now 
It was a night to forget. It's as simple as that. I mean, Brendan can go on and on all he likes. He's he's the man that's watching a bit. I have never seen Celtic give the ball away as much so easily. You know, yes, they're a decent side and, and, the, and the close Celtic down and they were good with the ball at their feet, but you just you have to be able to pass the ball, as the manager said. They had five shots at goal Celtic, two on target. Now, for Celtic at home in Europe, that's mm. not enough. You know, on the, on the night, it just wasn't there. Very, very few pass marks on the night. And, and you hear me saying that all the time. That's when you know if a team hasn't played well, who all get pass marks. Very few, if any, got pass marks last night. And I think Hugh's right. Celtic have got to score at least twice going over there. Mm. And it's all right, Brendan, again, saying, yeah, if we, if we can get the first goal, yeah, if, if, if. I mean, this team are a solid side and look as if they can score. Certainly at home, they can score as many goals as they like. So I think, like you, I think Celtic have no chance. Domestically speaking, Gordon, as we all know, Celtic have been flawless under Brendan Rodgers. Seven trophies in a row. They're going for eight titles in a row. Uh, they are still in with the chance of the treble, treble. But there comes a level in Europe at which... Celtic stop and stutter and go out and last night was another example In many ways Hugh does it feel like we've been here before because it brings up the same questions some people will you know you point to budgets and all the rest of it I'm sure we'll get into that a bit later on Uh, then you have the age old debates about trying to play the same way in Europe as they do domestically Mm. is Brendan Rodgers tactically picking the you know the the, the right system or or the right way of playing in Europe Yeah. Um, so it's, it's all the same I just feel like we've been here before yeah, And we'll be here again uh, Because Celtic I don't think uh, At Boardroom level Are interested in Providing the kind of funding That might take Celtic up a notch In terms of their European reputation uh, The financial loss Involved in not getting Into the Champions League uh, Has been mirrored in Celtic's latest Published accounts uh, But the money that Celtic do have And it's reasonable By our standards Here in Scotland It's exceptional But by European standards you know, It's, it's not great uh, However it, Celtic I don't think Are accomplished enough in Europe And not prepared To spend the money To be more accomplished You've heard what Hugh and Derek Made of last night But what did you make of it? 0141 Scott is first up in Knightswood Where did it all go wrong last night Scott? How are you doing, Gordon, Hugh and Derek? Great to talk to you. Thank you. Hi, Scott. Um, I think basically you've just stole my thunder, Gordon. I was just about to mention the um, style of play from us. Every time we go into Europe, um, trying to play the same way, well, let's be honest about it, sometimes we struggle in our own league, trying to like, play the ball out for the goalkeeper. I do like to believe there is a time and a place for it in our own league. Certainly not when we play in Europe, and I'm just wondering when is, is um, Brendan going to maybe learn from this? We've been going on, Lou, this is like our third season under Brendan in Europe, if, if I'm right there. Mm-hmm. And um, I just don't understand why we don't get a solid back five or six there and get the three up top. Let's let's try and introduce, a, let's try and introduce a, a note of perspective here. Uh Celtic should have qualified for the Champions League this season. They got themselves into a fankel. There was the whole business with Dedrick Boyata refusing to play in the game uh, in Greece that uh, had Celtic's Champions League fate in its hands. Uh, so the, the, they might have been in the Champions League. We must also remember that they did get out of the group stages in the Europa League. 
uh, and where Scotland's last representatives in Europe. However, the other side of the coin is that, yeah, you're right, that there does come a point where Celtic are exposed. And I believe they will continue to be exposed because there's not the financial commitment to making their place in Europe a more respectable one, if I can put it that way. Um, yeah. On you go, Scott, Sorry. what do you, what do you make yeah, of that assessment? I, I, was, I was just... Um, Hughes um, saying there about um, financial-wise, and I'm not really a massive fan on saying that, oh, they're spending £40 million on a player and we're only spending three or two or whatever it is. Get players to do the basics. If your players can do the basics, right, why try and have centre-halves and try and make them football players when they're centre-halves? Get them get them to be rugged and tough and pass the ball to two-hour ball players and let them do the work further up the park. Well, in the modern day game, there's no, there's nothing wrong with aspiring to be better and to be modern and to play the way others do. Uh, you know, the, you you don't look at Valencia and think, oh, they've got two big centre halves there that don't bother about playing any football. Valencia played football from back to front and looked very good at it. So, Brendan Rodgers is trying to make Celtic better. I just That's, sorry, Hugh. Sorry, on you go. I I just don't think that. Celtic have the the strength and depth in terms of the squad. They have it for domestic football, obviously, uh, but they just don't have it. They reach a certain level in Europe. They can't go any I, further. I, I would disagree with that, Hugh. I, th- I think Celtic have got some fine football players. Yeah, we can talk about playing the ball out from the back. At times, they go cut out a couple of times last night, and it could have been disastrous for them. But I think I think when you look at the Celtic midfield and, and the people have got it up front, they've got pace. They've got everything you want. Last night they just did not play, yeah. and it's as simple as that. We, you can you can always say, oh, they're not good enough. You need to spend big money on that. But this is good players we're talking about. On the night had a really bad off night. Well, I don't believe that Boyata and Simonovic are top class defenders. I do believe that Celtic did look more threatening when Odson Edward came on. Uh, I thought that Oliver Burke, who's had a terrific time domestically, looked a bit. Swallowed up by it all last night Although to be fair to him He was left fairly isolated But you could see the difference When Edward came on And that's what £9 million gets you Okay, thank you to Scott and Knight's Widow 141-951-1025 On Twitter we're at Clyde SSB Paul Gallagher says Celtic weren't at their best But no complaints Beaten by the better team um, Mac and Allen says in Europe The tippy-tappy passing across the back four Is not good enough There was no midfielder willing to try A forward pass they were unfortunate in the loss of Tom Rogic. Uh, however, uh, the loss of Kieran Tierney. However, in the three seasons that Brendan Rodgers has been there, he has been excellent, flawless domestically, but Europe does throw up flaws. Give us a call then, let us know what you think. 0141-951-1025. Chat Hal's in Cheltenham. Hello there. Hi, how are you? Is it right? Yep, good, thank you. Yeah, um, it's... I can't moan too much about last night as um, basically like uh, we're played by, by a team with a superior uh, transfer budget to us. Um, my only thing with people this is how, uh, how Rogers has no plan B in Europe. Like uh, under Lennon, we saw we saw the Barcelona obviously uh, great result there. Like, but there seems to be no when you try to play these top teams in Europe at their own game. Obviously, we're going to come short. Do you know what I mean? Like, technically, they have better players than us and spend much more money than we do uh, at playing this game. I'd just like to know you, you guys' thoughts on that. 
But when you say you try to play them at their own game, in other words, Brendan Rodgers is aspiring to make Celtic better. Uh, and the players last night let him down. But let's address the budget thing, Hugh, because yes, Valencia spend more than Celtic, um, but not, I mean, yeah, it is, a, it is a, a, a decent bit more, but we're not talking PSG, we're not talking Bayern Munich, we're not talking no. Barcelona anymore. No. This is the Europa League, and this is a team, yes, I accept they're, they're a bigger European side over the last few years than Celtic. They're eighth in. What are Celtic aspiring to then? If every time a European side comes along, you say, "Oh well, they're spending more money than us." Because if you look at some of the other teams who spend mm-hmm. less money than Celtic, yeah, they they're finding a way. I can hear the supporters of all other clubs in Scotland saying, "Well, too bad for Celtic because every time we play them, we have to come up against the nine million pound Odson Edward or the Oliver Burke who has cost two clubs." What, 10, 15 million pounds each? Uh, I mean, RB Salzburg scooshed Celtic's group and have a lower wage budget, I think, yeah, than Celtic. So, do. The, so the, the, the budget argument for me is only relevant when it comes to where Celtic see themselves. I'm not talking about in direct. I'd rather have a Neil, uh, a Neil, Lennon, team, uh, Neil Lennon team in Europe, rough enough at a side. You know, like, uh, and I think I think Roger Stahl is good enough to win 10 in a row domestically, but I do not believe it's good enough to make us progress in Europe. We need to start getting in uh, teams' faces. We need to start roughing up these teams because if you try to outclass a European team, uh, Celtic coming uh, with the amount of money we, we, we can only like spend on players, we're not going to progress. But, but, but do you know what? You know what? When you look at Celtic in the first five or ten minutes, they were closing down. You're saying to yourself, "Well, I tell you what, they're really up for it tonight." Oh. And then you didn't see anything else after that. You know, they, they, they weathered the storm fairly early, Valencia, and then started to play their own game and ended up playing Celtic off the park. But Celtic actually went out there knowing what the game plan was. Let's close them down at the back. Let's not give them an inch. Let's try and win the ball in their half and have a go at them. And for ten minutes they worked hard, but then after that, absolutely nothing. But, you know, it's the philosophy. You know, what do Celtic want to be? Are they content to go for 10 in a row and that's more important than European football? Or, you know, how many... The loan signings are attractive. Burke has done well. Uh, Timothy Weir has uh, um, excited the fans. Uh, Tolyan looks a good player. But Celtic need, I think, to strengthen their own identity. Not loan player after loan player. They need to be getting in some players. They need to be trying to build. Well, their he obviously team. thinks he, he doesn't have a good good enough player. Sure, if he's going to have to be bringing them in, the, the two or three players. You've seen the two sides from Celtic fans on Twitter. One minute apart here. DP boy, uh, D boy, sorry, says Valencia spent 120 million in the summer. But Stevens also a Celtic fan. He says Celtic's wage bill is nine million less than Valencia's, and it's 18 million more than Salzburg. And in both occasions, yeah. Celtic have been outplayed. Celtic's transfer policy, use of resources, has been very poor versus clubs of a similar European standing and resources let's get the thoughts of Mike in shots hi Mike hello there good evening to everybody out there hello Mike um, it's just uh, um, back to the same old um, comments basically that everybody seems to be making um, I know Derek says that uh, um, they've played um, and they didn't play very well last night There was uh, they had an off night now it strikes me that every time Celtic play a half-decent side, it happened again Rangers, 
It's happened more or less all the time they've played against uh, European side. They put it down to having an off night. And um, I believe Scott Brown last night um, was posted missing wayward shots and all that type of stuff, or wayward passes. And um, he's given far too much credit for what he does. Um, he might be okay up in Scotland against some of the sides that he's played up against, but the whole Celtic side gets caught out every other game when they're in uh, um, in Europe. So I don't buy into the fact that um, they've had an off night. They have that type of off night every time they play against a half-decent side. Uh, and I just wanted to know what your comments was. Yeah, you can't argue with that. I mean, yeah, probably not every time if you take Leipzig this season, yeah, for instance. But, but, but by and large, if you're looking at last night, for instance, even the biggest Scott Brown fan in the world couldn't wouldn't defend that performance. But, but, I think. Yeah, the, I think the, the, the difference. Sorry, Hugh. Before you start, you know, we're on about an off night. I mean, you can you can have nights where you've got four or five players playing well and, and six or seven don't. But we're now talking about who get pass marks for Celtic. Just every one of them had an off night. It just fought one followed on from the other. There was nobody, I think, got past marks last night. And it's very it's not often that happens in a football club where, where nobody really has a decent game. But it happened last night. And I don't put that down because Valencia were a brilliant side and they played Celtic off the park. I think with what Celtic have got in their armory, they should have been good enough to compete last night. And you, it just didn't happen for them. You can take the scattered gun to the team. You know, it's not just Scott Brown. You could take the scatter gun yeah, it's unfair on one, uh, yeah. to Izagiri or to Seminovich or Boyata, uh, Christie, anonymous, Callum McGregor, outstanding player for Celtic, but anonymous last night. Uh, so you could you could pick mm. faults and just about all of them. Plenty of time to go over more of the fallout from last night. But let's hear from you, Rangers fans. A potential striker crisis tomorrow. Morelos is suspended. The phone Lafferty are struggling. How do you see the team lining up tomorrow? We'll get your answers after the travel with Amber. Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. Hugh Keevans and Derek Johnson are here with me, Gordon Duncan. We've been looking back on last night's disappointment for Celtic. Lots of reaction coming in on Twitter. Anthony Neal says, um, Atletico Madrid, Man United, Barca, Real, Sevilla. None of these have beaten Valencia, so we're in good company. But Father Paul Stone says Blaming budgets is an easy way out Brendan when at Liverpool With a huge budget And 18 European games Managed to win 6 His style of play is one dimensional We get carried away Beating St Johnston and Hamilton EAK Athens Don't have a huge budget Keep them coming then 0141-951-1025 Let's move on and hear from Stephen Gerrard He is facing a striker crisis Ahead of tomorrow's clash With St Johnston Jermaine Defoe and Kyle Lafferty are both injury doubts Alfredo Morelos, as we well know, is suspended He's actually recalled youngster Dapo Mabudi From Scotland under-19s duty as a backup But he's hoping that it won't quite come to that Let us know what you think It's a concern, of course it is But um, we've got good attacking players um, We may have to find a different way Or a, a different plan But um, we'll see how, how the next few hours go Hopefully they pull through They're both confident and I'll trust the player and I'll give them both every chance of, of being available. I won't take a gamble if it means putting their bodies at risk, but of course the situation we're in, I'll be led by the player and if the player is prepared to take some kind of risk, I'll go with him. So it'll be down to the player who has the final say. Obviously, I'll take into consideration everything the medical team saying the player says before I make me decisions. But I just thought it made sense to have young Dapo here just in case we, we, we need him as well. I think he's got a huge future, uh, huge potential. 
he's probably not ready to be through into the deep end just yet, but I think he'd certainly be ready for a cameo. So Rangers fans, if there's going to be no Defoe or Lafferty tomorrow, who plays? Who plays up there? You tell us 01419511025. I do get the impression that one, if not both, will play. When Stephen Gerrard says cynic. Yeah, Stephen Gerrard says they're both confident. Therefore, one or both will take part. And in the passing, when he's talking about uh, recalling his young man in case he's needed for a cameo performance. Uh, well done to Rangers Under-17 team today Who have won the Let me get this right Alcas. The Alcas International Tournament Which was held in Doha uh, Rangers beat Roma On penalties in the final So well done to them But tomorrow it's about mm. the experienced guys I'll be standing here with you At 2 o'clock tomorrow afternoon And I guarantee you Either Defoe Or Lafferty will be playing Or both will be playing Listen that may well be the case Derek But let's Let's um, let's go hypothetical If they yeah. don't make it How do Rangers Deal with that situation I think it's a difficult one You know <clears throat> He was talking about The likes of Kent You know Playing through the middle As a, a false number nine uh, That takes an awful lot away You know From him And the, and, and the wide positions If that is the case But I like you. I, th- I think you know Lafferty. I believe. I believe trained today. Ibrox Rangers trained Ibrox today, and he was part of the squad and he was doing his bit. So unless he's got something overnight, mm. then I think at least one Hughes may be right. I think Lafferty should be fit for it. Defoe, I think had a slight hamstring injury that might be a wee bit more difficult. But I think one of the two of them will play tomorrow. Uh, Jim's a Rangers fan from Kilmarnock. Can you cope with the the potential loss of those two tomorrow, Jim? Hello, Jim. I think he's there somewhere Jim can you hear us? Oh, aye sorry I was just coming through a bad bit there No problem It's just to touch on the fact that uh, The phone laugh at his uh, suspender And Morelos his craziness again We can ask God whether he was meant to be sent off I'm not personally I would probably admit He probably should have been sent off against Aberdeen But he cost us in the semi-final as well um, And left us with it But we had to play Sadiq up front He's probably, again, you could probably see he could have been sent off against Celtic. When's he going to stop doing stuff like this? He's a great player, and obviously as Rangers fans, we love him. But he's starting to cost us now. He's leaving us without... It's not his fault the phone that's injured, but if he was to suspend it, he would be playing. So when's this going to stop with silliness? If you cannot get a player to understand that his temperament has become a problem, then... What is Stephen Gerrard to do about it? You know, I've heard though Alec Raid one very interesting suggestion that he should be taking some form of professional help. However, he's not a baby. You know, he should be old enough to understand that his actions have consequences, and he has to cut it out. Mm. But he he just seems to be a habitual offender, uh, and he's got to grow up. Or go elsewhere That's can, I, can, I, can I say to you You know There's no suspensions You know Defoe and Lafferty Are injured You know They're not suspending Can't play tomorrow Yeah that's what I was going to say So as much Listen we know Morelos We know why he's missing yeah. Derek If you play one striker up front As, as Rangers tend to do yeah. And you, you've got three of them You're expecting one of them To, to, to be, be fit, you're absolutely That's right. why Defoe was brought in So Yeah, yeah Of course Morelos isn't blameless but no. on, on another day You're expecting Someone to be fit To take his place You're right But on, on the Morella situation I mean Stephen Gerrard Talks to him every day It's now getting to the stage where, where Stephen Talks to the players On the park To try and help him On the park You know If anything happens It's up to the players To get across to him quickly And try and stop Anything that happens Because He is a talent Without a shadow of a doubt 23 goals this season But 
there's no use of your eight or nine games in the stand every year. You know, you need them to be on the park. And I think the quicker you can get through to them, the better. Stephen Gerrard said in the immediate aftermath of the last one that he has to realise that this will prevent him from being the player that he can be. So I, I go back to it. There does come a point where you have to take responsibility for yourself. And if he can't do that, then... He's no use mm. to Rangers And Rangers will move him on uh, Jim what about tomorrow then Right what's your, what's your creative solution If it's going to be The worst case scenario And Defoe and uh, Lafferty Don't make it Who who leads the attack For Rangers in your, in your mind We'd have to go with mid- Middleton uh, Out wide And Kent through the middle yeah. I think it's really the only Or even Candace, uh Kent could play in the right Candace through the middle And Middleton in the left Just a wee quick point as well I hear a lot of Celtic fans Social media And your phone in Morning about budgets and mechanic of beat. That's why they've won seven league titles in a row. They've got far superior funds than anybody else, but this seems to get switched around and it's in Europe. Paddy and Mick could be managing Celtic and could have won seven league titles with a budget. There's no other outcome that Celtic should be having than it. Yeah, yeah. winning Scottish football. Yeah, so the, why is it different in Europe? Yeah, they're not entitled. Neither the club nor the fans are entitled to bring up the question of budgets because, as I say, a Motherwell fan could come on and say, well, how do you think we feel when they bring on a sub and it's a... Uh, Odson Edward may cost £9 million uh, So My only Observation about Celtic and money Is they have to ask themselves What they want to be Because Europe On an annual basis now uh, Has turned into a chore And they need to ask themselves If they should be investing more money In players Rather than Bringing in loan players I'm quite fascinated though Hugh We always hear this you know, Anyone could manage Celtic But yeah, I mean, I can see where where Jim's coming from with the money, but winning trebles that, that's not easy. No, that, no, but, but, that's not. There's yeah. never a given. No, 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 no. The, the, you know, Surely, you, of course, you have to afford Brendan Rodgers' professional respect. The double treble had never been done in the history of Scottish football until Brendan Rodgers got here. So to say, oh, anybody could do that? No, they couldn't. Ronnie Dyla had a crack at it, of course. Yeah. If we're talking about this this period of of, re, of uh, Celtic's dominance, but anyway. We're going over all ground a little bit. 01419511025. Let's hear from you on the phones on Twitter as well. Just on the, on the game itself, that tomorrow, Derek, it's the it's old school three o'clock on a Saturday. Yeah, Rangers can't at home. Believe it, yeah. <laughs> um, yeah. Not had too many of them recently. It, it's a big game, isn't it? Well, it's a massive game for Rangers. I mean, every game they're going to be scrutinised because if they drop any points and Celtic win 24 hours later, then they go further ahead. That's why it's so imperative that Rangers try and put as much pressure as they can on Celtic. Win the game, get it back to three, and then take what happens on Sunday. But, I mean, it's no gimme. I think St Johnston over the past three or four seasons have come to Ibrox and won games. You know, and they've been good enough to win it. I know Celtic battered them twice in the space of, space of you know, eight, nine days. But they always seem to, to, to play well against Rangers for somehow. And if Rangers are without a main striker tomorrow... That'll make it even harder for them So it is imperative that Rangers are firing in all cylinders tomorrow And get a result Does last week's heavy defeat against Celtic Impact the way St Johnston go about their business tomorrow, Hugh? Um, I, I'm not sure I, I thought Celtic And we have to More so Now than ever After the Valencia result and performance We have to Stipulate the difference between Celtic domestically and Celtic in European competition Last week against St Johnston Celtic moved the ball about beautifully Scored terrific goals Everyone in the side gets pass marks Everyone As opposed to no one getting pass marks last night 
Now, the effect that'll have on St Johnson, I'm not sure that Tommy Wright believes that Rangers could deliver a performance like the one Celtic delivered last weekend. So he may be a little more positive about going to Ibrox, but I think he's up against it. I don't think he'll win the match, regardless of whether Defoe and or Lafferty do not play. I, I hope you're right, Hugh. I hope Tommy does have a go at Rangers tomorrow. If he feels that, you know, that maybe defensively they're not playing well, they're, and if they're without the strikers, why are we sitting back? Let's go and have a right go at them, because that'll then free Rangers up. Because they're used to playing at Ibrooks where they've got nine, ten men back behind the ball. If St Johnson are prepared to come forward with men and leave gaps, I think that will suit Rangers I think with the pace that they've got in the side. We all understand where we are now. Europe's gone. It's all about the domestic scene now. It's all about can Celtic do the treble treble? Can Celtic win eight in a row? Or can Steven Gerrard, in his inaugural season as a manager, uh, get the league title win that will make him an icon, an absolute icon in the eyes of the Rangers supporters. So everyone's attention has to be focused on that. That's why I say Celtic's temperament in the uh, immediate aftermath of being uh, comprehensively beaten by Valencia will be very important on Sunday. And Rangers go into the match against St. Johnson tomorrow knowing that anything other than a win is a disaster John's a Rangers fan in Barhead John do you agree with Hugh's assessment anything barring a win is a disaster tomorrow uh, I think Rangers will win anyway uh, and I agree with Hugh sometimes I don't agree with you Hugh but <laughs> mm-hmm. laugh at the uh, default play tomorrow do you think, so, what makes you say that John just to is this is this often what we hear from managers, isn't it? They give us the worst case scenario, and then you find out the next day that someone's managed to to pull through. You bought mind games. You bought mind games. Well, I, I don't think it is, John. Sorry to interrupt you. I mean, both of them have got an injury. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's not as if he, no, I'm not, he's, I'm not saying, saying he's yeah. lying. But you know, no, what no, I mean? no, no, I know what you're saying. But both of them do, do have, have an injury. Yeah, but, but they're going to be, you know, ninety percent fit enough that they'll they'll start the game. We'll find that out tomorrow. Would you have a preference, John, as to which one? I would say Lafferty might play. Lafferty will play I mean I think if Reading between the lines Fitness wise Hugh Derek's telling us that He believes Lafferty Trained to an extent today Uh So is is he the one that You you believe to have the best chance? Kyle Lafferty must really want To play in this game He must want to Say to to Stephen Gerrard Listen I can do things For this team here Because he's You know he's Third fiddle There's Morelos Who's number one There's Defoe Who's number two And Number three is Kyle Lafferty So he must want to play He must want to push himself Into that team tomorrow Can I come back in lads? Of course you can Right My other point is Right I don't buy this money lot Last year I tried to go on mate Right I don't buy this money lot This team's got a budget Right At the end of the day What you need to remember here Neil Lennon Martin O'Neill Right Barcelona Man United AC Milan Right Had money Right And Celtic beat them Right And another thing Rangers played, what, 10 games in the Europa League Only lost two, two this year So po- So-called rookie manager So, I don't buy this luck Well, this is back to the budgets with, with Celtic yeah. here and, and where that leaves them in Europe Yeah, as I say You're quite right to discount the budget theme uh, you know, well here's the thing You can't discount it completely I mean obviously you can't Because it's a hugely important part And it's why Celtic will never 
win the Champions League or win the Europa League. I just wonder if there is a line we eventually draw than to keep bringing it up after every individual game. Bring it up against PSG, bring it up against Bayern Munich because these are exceptional cases. In the case of Valencia, Celtic, even if they have a smaller budget than Valencia, surely the fans should have a... A real belief that they can cause a bit of an upset Rather than going Oh well you know They've got more money than us So what do we expect When Celtic beat Lowly opposition in Europe No one ever brings up Well we, Celtic should have won that Because they've got a much bigger budget It's always an argument saved And to be fair None of the callers tonight have Who support Celtic Have mentioned budget They have mentioned the team's Shortcomings The manager's shortcomings When it comes to European football so no Celtic oh, fans Oh there's a few on Twitter Well but We can only address The people who have spoken here Who've had the 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 nerve If you like To come on And state their case Twitter's an easy hit But In terms of budget No I don't think you can Put Celtic's poor performance in Europe mm. Always down to budget You look at Batty Last night beating Arsenal I'm quite sure that Batty have a budget that's minuscule compared to Arsenal's. Uh, so you, you can do it. And as the callers have said, you know, Neil Lennon beat Barcelona uh, at Celtic Park. I just think that Celtic have to examine where they are, what they want to be, and are they of a mind to have more players who are Celtic's property rather than loan signings. Gary's on Twitter, he says, budget is a convenient excuse when we don't turn up in a game in Europe. The budget didn't make a mess of an offside trap. The budget wasn't misplacing every second pass. The team are nervous and shook when a team comes at them. That's a performance issue. Clyde One. The cash register. With wholesale domestic bathrooms. Service, style and value that'll get you talking. So no winner on today's cash register What that means then on Monday Is that George will reveal the double rollover cash amount At 8am on Bowie at breakfast Not to be missed Make sure you hear it Make sure you note that amount down And be ready to answer the phone within the five rings If Grant calls you after 3pm across the Hits Network To enter it is so simple Text yes to 61025 Even Hugh Keevans could master that Text Mm. yes to 61025 £2 to play plus your standard message rate The full T's and C's and online entry are on our website Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors, a team that gets results every week. Talk to Thompson's.com. Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson here with me, Gordon Duncan, looking back on last night's defeat for Celtic. Looking ahead to tomorrow, we heard from Stephen Gerrard talking about a, a potential striker crisis ahead of the game with St. Johnson. So get your thoughts ahead of a big weekend in on the phones or on Twitter at Clyde SSB. What else is catching your attention over this weekend, Hugh Evans? As I say, I just think we've got Europe out of the way now It's all about domestic issues uh, The the race between Celtic and Rangers uh, Will hot up if Rangers beat St Johnston Put Celtic under a bit of pressure on Sunday Steve Clark uh, on the rubbish pitch The Players Union have had their say on the rubbish pitch this week And other rubbish pitches like it <laughs> uh, So that's important Paul Heckenbottom the new Hibs manager, that's important. He's away to Hamilton Ackies. Welcome to Scottish football. There's a big bus parked at one corner of the ground. Uh, so the Ackies with Brian Rice will give him a right good run for his money tomorrow. So he'll know he's in Scottish football all right. Yeah, Derek, it's big fixtures everywhere, isn't it? Yeah, absolutely. And looking at the Kelly Celtic game, you know, if Rangers win tomorrow and narrow it down to three, 
you know, it's important if Kelly want to be up there and they want to be challenging, and rightly so because they are a good side. You know, if Celtic should beat them down there again, they go further, further back, you know, and in, into in fourth place. So it's a massive game, I think, on Sunday for Kelly. A massive game for Celtic as well. We all appreciate it. But for Kelly, if they want to stay up there, then they've got to try and take something out of this game on Sunday. Well, one four one nine five one one zero two five. That's the number you need. Ewan is a Celtic fan from Dundee. Hi, Ewan. Hello, Raj. Can you hear me, eh? Yep, got you loud and clear. Um, I want to speak about Scott Brown's participation in the match last night. Go for it. I've never been a fan, but I'll prelude this by saying that um, I've respect for his work rate and his uh, endeavour to reach that level in the game. He must have had to have it because he's lack of ability. Um, at one time, he could smell danger. He still can. He reads the opposition game well and is able to break up play, but his legs have kind of gone. In the past, he did have some success um, playing for Celtic in the European arena and getting under people's skin and stopping other teams playing to a certain extent. But on the ball, I'm afraid he's just not got it. If you look at good teams in Europe, their holder, he's always able to play. Head swiveling, moving, can flick it around a corner, can turn away and then be the quarterback to start and try and dictate. Scott Brown's head looks like it's stuck in concrete. All he ever does when he takes it off the centre half or the right back is just ping it right back to him. That's fine, you've got to be able to do that, but you've also got to be able to do something else. Brendan Rodgers got a lot of respect for him. I've really enjoyed watching his teams play. He knows a lot more about football than I'll ever know, but he more or less admitted last night that Brown wasn't up to it when he said I had to bring Callum McGregor in there to try and turn and get us moving. 45 grand a week to go to Australia. Somebody just should have had a word and says, we'll give you a testimonial, go. It's unfortunate that Rogic is injured, that Nitchum is injured. Callum McGregor, when he was in there, when Brown was injured, he's a, he's a good football player, he's no world beater, but he looks like Andrea Pirlo compared to Scott Brown. It's not happening. His nightmare in the Rangers game should have been a warning at that level. It's over for him. It's fine strolling about at Celtic Park in acres of space, making 10-yard passes, puffing your chest to with a shaved head trying to look hard no anybody could do that I'm serious you could pick guys for Hamilton and that and say you just do that make easy passes and shave your head and you'd think it was Scott Brown you're getting a little personal now uh, that's just a, a, a sustained and unfair attack on Scott Brown if Scott Brown is slowing up because Scott Brown's getting older that's fine that's a law people get older if you're lucky you get older so, yeah, that might very well be the case. However, the previous game against St Johnston, people were hailing the goal that Scott Brown scored and his general performance when Celtic went to McDermott Park the previous weekend and had to dig in to get the points. Uh, then Scott Brown... I think that's what Ewan's talking about, though, yeah. that, that step up. If, he, if he's got a gripe, you if, he, if he's got a gripe, it's with the manager because the manager's picking him. Well, you know, and, and how many people have we, many Celtic fans have we had in this program say, when Scott Brown's not playing in the side, everything moves quicker and everything else. Yeah, but you know, then Scott the, Brown's been a fantastic player for Celtic. You don't become a bad player overnight. He had a bad game like everybody else, but I think he was going maybe a wee bit over the top here as far as yeah, I'm but concerned. all this stuff about his, his head being shaved. Yeah. So what? Lots of people have that. And no, a player out of Hamilton couldn't do what Scott Brown does. Uh, so again we're back to oh, Any manager could have won the double treble No they couldn't And anybody could, from Hamilton could take Scott Brown's place No they couldn't So I think Ewan's call was far too personal If as I say Scott Brown has uh, started to slow down Because Scott Brown's getting older 
yeah. Then that's fine As far as I'm aware Getting old is not a crime no. Robertson Kirkintillic With a defence of Scott Brown I think Robert Hi guys. Hi Robert Hi there I just wanted to say Totally disagree I go, go and watch the every week Totally disagree With their previous caller Basically Watch Scott Brown every week And some of the distance He covers in the park Even Some of the fastest guys in the league And Scott Brown's chasing back the corners and things like Back to him He's one of the first guys Back all the time To cover us uh, Say that Scott Brown's thrown up I think it's totally wrong um, I think the guy an outburst maybe about last night to be fair Scott Brown had an off game last night but so did a lot of players in that part yeah it's wrong it's to totally say out Brown it's a totally different level and some of the guys are playing against last oh. night he might have been outclassed last night by the boy in the middle of the park for Valencia but to say that he's slowing up he's not good enough well, well to be fair There might be a case to be made For saying that he is slowing up a bit As I say Getting older is not a crime And he's been at Celtic for 12 years now And he's given Celtic magnificent service I just think that Ewan's call was far too personal uh, And you know, a, a sustained attack on one player No player in the Celtic team last night Not one of them got past marks He might just have given Edward a sub uh, more marked than anyone else because he tried to enliven Celtic as best he could, but to single out Scott Brown, I think mm, it, it it veered mm. towards personal attack for me. Robert, as a Celtic fan, then how do Celtic go about bridging this gap? A lot of the discussion tonight has been based around budgets. Valencia have more money than Celtic, and I don't, that'll change anytime soon. But what, what does Celtic do about that then? Because surely we can't just have a situation where. Every time And you know It's, it's a foregone conclusion I, I don't know To be fair I think they just They go for class and money And Europe just seems like Sometimes a step too far For us at times um, Just watching us Try to compete with other teams The The budget as you say I know you can say SPL The budget Celtic's got Compared to other, some other teams Is A, a massive goal Yeah I agree with that but again, that's because personal, personally, you guys in there that are working with the finances they've got, doing a great job yet. Also, when you look at these clubs in Europe, they've got massive finances compared to the goals and that we've got against clubs in this country. Mm. Yeah I mean listen Robert Because that, that, that's the thing Robert There are times when that is undeniably true And no one no one could possibly argue with that I think what's frustrating some of the Celtic fans That we've read out on Twitter for instance Would be that there are times EAK Athens uh-huh. RB Salzburg There are times when, when that isn't the case yeah. Would you agree? I, I would agree there I, there's, there's, uh, Sometimes like, I, I think to come out with one player But last like, Last night is wrong totally. Yeah, you as I say, you yeah, Ewan's attack was personal. Yeah, uh, you you can have an opinion, Hugh. You know, if he doesn't like Scott Brown, fine, he's quite entitled to say that. If he's somebody that pays his money to go and watch him, but I think he singled him out. You're absolutely rather than the whole team were rubbish last night, not just Scott Brown. Um, going forward, Hugh, you've made it very clear you don't think there is any chance. Um, Kieran Tierney may come back in. Yeah. 
I guess you could accuse someone of, of clutching at straws when you mention these types of things, but that, I'm assuming that defence would have looked a bit better with the likes of Benkovic and Tierney in it last night. But that, that's uh, football. I mean, it's all about personal opinion. I don't think Simonovic and uh, Boyata are defenders from the top drawer. Uh, and I think defensive naivety was all over the place at, at Celtic Park last night. Uh, I don't believe Kieran Tierney's been out for months. And I don't believe that he could be thrust back into a game in Valencia. It would be unfair on him. Beat the pundit. With goals in the Scottish Sun, the SPFL and EPL latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday. Time for Beat the Pundit What a way to round off the weekend By getting one over on Hugh Keevans Or Derek Johnson If you think you've got what it takes Come on here Show off your football knowledge And you could win yourself a signed ball You need the number 01419511025 And you need to call quick Because you only have until the news At 7 o'clock Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors Get the result you deserve Talk to Thompsons.com Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson Here with me Gordon Duncan And tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard The first hour of the show was dominated By looking back on last night's defeat for Celtic And also hearing from Stephen Gerrard As he tries to come up with a solution To a potential striker crisis tomorrow So keep your calls coming on those topics Plastic pitches very much on the agenda And we're going to hear from one high profile manager Who believes they are dangerous We'll do that after we do this Beat the Pundit With goals in the Scottish Sun The SPFL and EPL Latest every Monday, Wednesday and Saturday It is time for Beat the Pundit Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson are both standing by One of them is going to be taking on Stephen Who's a Rangers fan from Paisley How are you tonight Stephen? Ah, no bad, pal, no bad Good stuff, have you ever played Beat the Pundit before? I have, I've played twice before And twice I've been beat Oh, listen. Who beat you? Who beat you? <laughs> uh, it was Mark Goody and Roger Hanna Oh no, no listen, no shame in that They're, no, they're, they're quite, they're you know quite... What? He beat, he got 10 out of 10 When he beat me, he beat oh, you 10 oh. <laughs> There we go, can't argue with that You won't face any of that <laughs> trouble tonight no, I don't no, think, no, no, no. offence You missed it dumber here, <laughs> Last night was brilliant, Hugh I don't know if you caught it um, on your way to the game uh, The caller came on and we said You know, have you ever played Beat the Pundit? And he was, he was going, you know, hello? Yep, 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 I, I can hear you He says, I've never listened to Radio Clyde before um, I heard it last night I think you're going to ask me five or six questions about football Is that right? <laughs> yeah, pretty much And off we went So it went to a tiebreaker anyway So he did not do bad uh, Let's toss the coin and see who you're going to be up against Heads, it's Hugh Evans. Tails, it is Derek Johnson And it's Tails Derek Johnson up against Stephen from Paisley Let me give Derek some clay too So he doesn't know what we're saying And we'll get the clock up and running Stephen you've got 30 seconds Head to head you can pass Here is your chance to beat The pundit You ready? Okay Who do Ross County face tonight In the Challenge Cup? Pass Rangers under 17s Won the Alcas Cup this afternoon Where was it held? Lakitas Which former Celtic striker today Joined Partick Thistle? Pass who managed Kilmarnock between 2002 and 2010? Pass. Which team are currently third in the Scottish Premiership? It's Aberdeen. In what year did Dean Shields join Rangers? 2012. Okay, doke. 
Let me bring Derek Johnson back Derek can you hear us? Yes I can Right you ready? Same set of questions <clears throat> to you yes? Yes Okay doc Who do Ross County face tonight in the Challenge Cup? Oh, Ross County face Ross County face uh, Pass Rangers under 17's won the Alcas Cup Where was it held? In Doha Which former Celtic striker has today joined Partick Thistle? Pass Who managed Kilmarnock between 2002 and 2010? Uh, Bobby Williamson Which team are currently third in the Scottish Premiership? Uh, Aberdeen And what year did Dean Shields join Rangers? In 2012 Okay <laughs> Stephen you've heard the competition What do you make of it? Uh, uh, I think he's just put maybe one You think so? I think it could be oh, tight You think it could be tight Let's go through them and we'll find out Who do Ross County face tonight in the Challenge Cup? Would you have known that one Hugh Keevans? East Fife It's East Fife East None Fife. of you got it Rangers under 17's won the Alcas International Cup this afternoon Where was it held? It was Qatar You both got it Well done which former Celtic striker has today joined Partick Thistle? Derek Johnson, we spoke about it. Yes. Scott McDonald? Oh, <laughs> Come oh. on. <laughs> Scott McDonald. So it's one all after three questions. The Kilmarnock manager we were looking for was Jim Jeffries. Jim Jeffries. Oh. So it's still one all one after Close four game. questions. Close game. <laughs> uh, uh, which team are currently third in the Scottish Premiership? It's Aberdeen. Yeah. You both got that right. Oh. Um, so that means it's still level And on to the last question It's all going to come down to this one In what year did Dean Shields join Rangers? The answer, of course, is 2012 You both got it right oh. And that means we're on to a tiebreaker For the second night in a row So uh, here's the deal, Stephen I'm going to read the question out I'll get Derek to write his answer down And I will then invite you to give me your attempt Okay, doc. Okay Right, good stuff here is the question um, This is a Producer Andy special oh, What a no. bizarre question oh, no. this is Honestly I don't know where he gets it's this It's not stuff. a Toronto one is it? Oh it's, it's no. wild But here we go <laughs> I'm just looking at it already The Glasgow Dental Cup Was oh, a tournament teeth. <laughs> Was a tournament competed for By teams in Glasgow To raise funds For the Glasgow Dental Hospital Fund That's the boring bit You don't need to remember that In what year did Partick Thistle win it? Oh, you're having a laugh Just a guess to try and separate you Because this is the equivalent of a penalty shootout A lottery as they sometimes call it So in what year did Partick Thistle win the Glasgow Dental Cup? You don't even need to know what it is Just guess a year Derek, show me your bit of paper please Okay, Stephen, what would your attempt be? Uh, the Dental Cup <laughs> yep. 1930 1930 says Stephen Derek says 1953 The answer is 1928 So oh, Stephen has well done, done it Stephen. On the tiebreaker Well, well done. done Superb well Only done. two years out Well done Stephen The sign ball is on its way Third time lucky All right, Well done Stephen Well done son Producer right. Andy's getting banned From writing the, those tiebreakers Never, never, never heard cut. of it Honestly Never, never heard of it If Hugh Keevens wasn't around Then yeah. what does that tell you? Well he was at Johnny at school At that age <laughs> That just shows you How far we're going back Right 01419511025 Let's talk football We're on Twitter at Clyde SSB as well Another story that's been bubbling away In the last couple of days Hugh Keevans Has been the criticism From PFA Scotland's members About plastic pitches yes. Criticism in fact it's, it's more than that It's a call for them to be Scrapped yeah. within our top flight um, Lots of people agree Lots of people like Gary Holt for instance Very strongly disagree What's your take? My stance has always been consistent I have always said that They should not be allowed in the top flight of Scottish football. Uh, I agree with uh, Stephen Gerrard today uh, that it shouldn't be allowed at that elite level. I'm interested in practical matters, though. 
PFA Scotland can send out the forms to all the players for them to sign the petition. However, if you go to Hamilton Ackies or to Livingston and to Kilmarnock and say, look, you need to take that pitch up and pick proper grass. If they say, no, what are you going to do then? Well, I mean, if, if it's the rules of the league, it's the rules of the well, league. But at the moment, it's a petition they, from they, players. Yeah, but of course, I'm talking... Uh, yeah, the, the, obviously, I'm talking about if it became a rule. The... the, the, the the association, the Scottish Football Association, are there to look after the member clubs, of which Hamilton Aggies, Livingston, mm. and Kilmarnock are included among the number. Uh, so they would have to be persuaded uh, that it went into the statute books that you were not allowed to have artificial surfaces. Uh, I fully understand the reason why clubs have them. However, I think they're embarrassing in our top flight. They should be banned. If Steven Gerrard says they're dangerous, I'll take his word for it. Uh, and the only problem I can foresee is that the clubs will say, well, you better have a very strong case because we're not doing it. We know that you know Thursday and Friday's press conference day, every manager, every player in the country, I think, has been asked about this. Let's hear from Steven Gerrard. He says that um, a potential solution could be the bigger clubs providing financial support to the smaller clubs. I'm sure there's all kinds of different ways, whether it be TV, whether it be the PFA, whether it be the SFA, whether it be bigger clubs trying to support other clubs, I'd be all for that because um, I just think football at the top level and top players should be playing on grass. And even, you know, your Hamiltons and your Kilmarnocks, um, I think if you'd ask them players away from the owners, I believe they'd rather play on grass than plastic. The, the, the other comments Stephen Gerrard made about them being dangerous Hugh, this came up yesterday we heard from Hamilton Aki Ziggy Gordon in fact Fraser Wishart was on the phone everyone's got an, an opinion on it the yeah. problem with that accusation is that it is severely lacking in scientific backup yeah uh, and that's why I say you'd have to have a very good case for the SFA to say right we now demand and instruct our member clubs that they must not have artificial surfaces uh, will you get that Unarguable case I'm not sure about that Because for every medical person You have Who says Yeah these pitches are dangerous And they cause players Injury problems Someone else Somewhere Will pop up and say No that's not the case uh, So it's it's a long hard fight I just think And agree with Stephen Gerrard That at elite level You shouldn't be playing On these artificial surfaces Yeah I'd go along with that as well I mean I keep saying I played in the first one, which was Queen's Park Rangers many, many years ago, and it was diabolical. It was like playing on the road. Yeah. You know, it was a simple. I know pitches have got better nowadays, I know, but I have never, ever liked it. And you remember, a lot of kids nowadays, all they do is play on these surfaces, mm-hmm. you know, five, six, and seven years of age. You know, d- depending on what area they live in. And even in the wintertime, they can play on these pitches. So they're here to stay. But when we're talking about top class football, I think it has to be grass without a shadow. What about Stephen Stephen Gerrard's point there, Hugh? Because this is something that I think happened in the Netherlands. We've tongue in cheek asked the question before because things like this don't tend to get much traction in in Scotland. We're we're quite divisive with our football, in case Uh you hadn't noticed. But Stephen Gerrard, there, the Rangers manager, saying he would be open to the the bigger clubs. That would include his club, I'm sure, financially helping in this situation. Well, uh, yes. Why not? Uh, I also agree with Stephen Gerrard when he says if you ask the players of Hamilton, Kilmarnock and Livingston uh, who were not 
asked to sign this position because they would have been compromised. And I fully understand that. But if you asked them in private, I think you would find the majority of players at Hamilton, Livingston, Kilmarnock would agree. Wait, they wait, don't wait, 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 hold on, on that. Uh, how do you know? Let me let me just because that seems like quite that seems like quite a. The no, prediction for football players. Yeah, if yeah, what does that mean? Well, no, they want to play in grass. What I'm going to say to you is, if every other club in Scotland, the players at all those clubs are willing to sign the petition to be rid of artificial surfaces, I don't believe that at the other three clubs you suddenly find another type of football player who has a strong objection to being asked to rip up the pitches. I do believe that the majority of footballers think the same way. Yeah. But as I say, the problem is you cannot prove conclusively that these pitches cause harm. I am happy to take Stephen Gerrard's word for it because the stellar football career that he had, if he thinks these pitches are dangerous, I'm happy to have the, him the call prob- to the, the witness pro- the, stand. The problem is, you you know, you're looking at countries in Russia, the majority of the pitches there now, you know, are all artificial simply because of the weather that they have. Yeah. And you look at the Nordic countries as well. I mean, that's just how it is and, and they don't seem to complain because every club's got them. But I think we're different. We're not used to that sort of thing. And I think if you're a professional footballer, and I think you're right, I don't know what the players of Livingston and Kilmanic would say, but being footballers and the way they've grown up, they mm. would want to I'll play in grass. summarise it by saying this. We have Brendan Rodgers and Stephen Gerrard up here. We, for that reason, have had the profile of our game heightened considerably. 25% of our pitches, though, in the top flight are artificial. That makes us look Mickey Mouse. Let's see what you think. 0141 951 1025. Thomas, what's your take on this? Hi, all right, panel. How are we doing? Good, Hi, thanks. Thomas. Hi, uh, what it is, is I've heard quite a bit this week about these uh, plastic parks and how bad they are and how they should get up and banned. I've got a wee boy who's eight year old and he's played football for two or three years now. And never once have they played in grass. So surely, growing up, the the players that were producing, they're all going to be used to these parts, and that's going to be the future. No, I've never played football at any level, so I don't know if they're dangerous or anything about them. But surely, the future is that's going to be the four G parts or mm. tough parts. Or... I understand the reason why clubs like Hamilton and Livy have them uh, because it's a financial necessity for them, but. I do think that to have 25% of your flagship competition playing on artificial surfaces just makes mm. us look a but, bit but, Mickey Mouse. What about Thomas's point though? Because he, he's bang on the money in that. In fact, we've probably got it already. But if we don't, we certainly will with children of Thomas's son's age, who's a generation, a couple of generations of footballers who will yeah. never yeah. will never experience grass. So is it just at the very top level we're looking to... To draw that distinction Is it accurate to say They will never experience grass? Um, yeah Maybe not never then But There's more fewer often fewer than not grass pitches You know And I, th- I think they're right I mean, You, look, oh, all, right, you right. look at the schools nowadays Whenever they build all these new schools It's not grass they put down is it? Yeah listen Of schools. course when, Because if you Go into academies You might have better facilities You get the chance to play on, on grass Fine But yeah. the, the vast majority then Of children nowadays Are, are brought up playing on it And they, they barely know anything different Well First of all, they have to be good enough to be professionals. Uh, and I do think that if you examine our friends across the border in England, uh, at the highest level, could you ever imagine Old Trafford or Anfield being synthetic surfaces? Not a chance. 
And I just think that the players and the PFA Scotland are doing the right thing by drawing attention to this issue. However, they have some job ahead of them getting the Scottish Football Association to put down in the articles of the association that yeah. artificial pitches are not allowed You called it a financial necessity For the likes of Hamilton, Livingston, Kilmarnock When we put that point to Fraser Wishart And he'll be on the show tomorrow I'm sure he can he can word it in his own way He said that it was more of It was more about priorities Than necessity What did he mean by that? Well in other words You could You could get away with Putting a grass pitch down If you moved your money around And, and did other things If you prioritised in a different way oh. Um I would like to hear uh, Gary Holt the, the living manager Has been very strong on this In his condemnation of the idea But I would like to hear from Billy Bowie At Kilmarnock for example uh, And Alan Maitland uh, At Hamilton Ackies uh, And From Livingston uh, Exactly why They must have these pitches And why they can't have grass And then we can assess it Thomas you want to come back in? I was just that um, obviously you said that talk about Old Trafford and Anfield. English football is completely different world to Scottish football, and I know that it's like sure top flight and we want to make it the best it can be. But surely, with kids growing up, all kids growing up, that's going to be the future. These parks, I know just now it's no, but it's going to be in the future because that's all they play on. They don't play in grass. Mm. Yeah and that is a, just a general bugbear of mine Hugh It's not to say that it's inaccurate Of course you're right But I just can't see any walk of our football life Where it's it's relevant or beneficial to compare us to England I, I, I just I don't I don't see the point or Only only in the sense that We may not have their money We may not have their talent But we can surely provide proper football pitches mm. uh, Brendan Rodgers uh, is on record as saying He's never seen a good game on a synthetic surface Stephen Gerrard says They're dangerous In his estimation As I say Having Stephen Gerrard And Brendan Rogers Up here Heightens our profile No end Until Everyone gets a look At a game Involving Celtic or Rangers Played at Kilmarnock Hamilton or Livingston And then it all looks A bit Mickey Mouse Let's get the thoughts Of John in Bishop Briggs What do you make Of this debate John? Alright panel How's things? Good thanks Hello I got John. you John uh, uh, it's just uh, my point is uh, just to across is how do we move forward as a nation, like to improve our, our clubs and stuff like that, and like TV money. It's like uh, with Sky Sports are just throwing scraps there. The deal Wolf gave us is like twenty six million a season. I mean that's that's nothing compared to like the amount of people that watch old film games. If you were to make your own channel, like our SBL channel, and like, charge a an extra subscription for an old film game, say we charge it like, ten pound for an old film game extra on a subscription. There's half a million people that's watched five A games. That's like five million right away, and they're often is twenty five twenty five million each season. I just think we should uh, stop taking scraps off Sky Sports. Uh, listen, John's clearly thought thought that all out. Hugh, at the same time though, I and then. Believe me, I, I feel quite strongly about it as well. But your league's only worth what people want to pay for yeah, it. And exactly. if Sky we tried willing, this before, didn't we? And we can't really game. speak on behalf of Sky. But if they're yeah. willing to pay more than anyone else, then I mean, we, what, what do you do? Yeah, um, these deals take a long time. The negotiation process takes a long time. Uh, the brightest minds are set to the task. Uh, so it's not scraps; it's money that. Sky Television believes is appropriate for the product they are receiving. Yeah. Uh, so, 
Yes, we'd all love more money But it's just not there for Scottish football They are negotiating the best deals they can But they're not negotiating With the strength of hand that they have down south Given the better quality that they have to offer Great stuff, thank you to John in Bishop Briggs I've got a good full-time teaser for you two I've got eight answers that I'm looking for mm-hmm. And the beauty of this one Is if by some miracle you squish it I've got some additional ones that we could throw in oh. All will be revealed next Clyde One Super Scoreboard With Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors A team that gets results every week Talk to Thompson's.com it's time for Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson to tackle tonight's full-time teaser. So you send the questions in and hopefully we trick the guys and uh, see if they can come up with the answers because uh, more often than not, they don't. We take our Friday night trip round our eccentricity. Exactly. So we'll find out how you got on with this one. Jerry and Erskine has sent it in. Thank you to Jerry. It's fulltime at clyde1.com. That's the address you need if you want to contribute on this one. We're going to start off with eight answers, right? I've got a few more in reserve if we need them. I'll explain it as we go along So we're looking for players in the English Premier League Who have played in Scotland's top flight But never for Celtic or Rangers So players who are in the English Premier League at the moment They have played in Scotland's top flight But never for Celtic or Rangers Any that spring to mind? That is an ominous start Because some of these are very very simple Andy Robertson Yes uh, oh, James Madison? No, because he was on loan. I've got some additional loanees if you want, <laughs> but we'll go for the eight permanent signings first. I'll tick off James Madison from the loanee list. There are another six yeah. of them, but I was—I thought I would give you a chance and go for eight permanent signings. Any from you, DJ? I think. Just going through the clubs. So. So Bamba Yes Cardiff and Hibbs That should get two of the eight You're flying So Bamba And Andy Robertson We're going to hear from the new Hibbs manager Keep your calls coming in Billy is a Rangers fan in East Kilbride Hi Billy Hi how you doing? Good thanks Billy What's on your mind? Uh, DJ Hi nice Billy to Talk to a legend Thank you uh, Hugh All yes. night I've listened to you saying That Celtic Should examine themselves. Uh huh now, I'd ask you that a club that can't examine itself about anything, why would you think they're able to examine themselves about a European game? I, I am asking Celtic, what what do you think you are uh, in terms of football? Uh, you know, is it quite simply the case that you'll bring in players for a small fee? And try and develop them and sell them on for a big fee But nothing wrong with that at all However uh, If you want to have a place In the European scheme of things And that place has gone from Champions League level to Europa League level And you're still getting sorted out On a fairly regular basis Then you have to ask yourself What you want to be And uh, you know The the number of loanees They're all very exciting Burke Weah Toyan, they're all exciting and the fans have taken them to their hearts, but they're not Celtic's property. And they'll be away at the end of the season. You know, the, the Celtic fans, I would think, would welcome a more stable transfer policy, if I can put it that way. Something that brings players to Celtic on a permanent basis. What do you think the answer is then, Hugh? Is it is it Europa League after Christmas? Is is, is that is that the aim what, what we've got right now? Is is that 
Is I that think, the realistic part? I think when Brendan Rodgers was brought to Celtic Because let's Sorry just to, to, to kind of elaborate on the question the, the, the thing about all this is There's still a feeling there that Celtic could have made the Champions League You know AK Athens weren't very yeah, good yeah. And you almost think that if Celtic had got their act together a bit quicker Oh yeah um, and But all also, of a sudden we're now looking at even You know Is even the Europa League a stretch too far? So When Brendan Rodgers was brought to Celtic Of course it was to be dominant on a domestic level You don't pay a man that kind of salary Not to win your domestic league But it must also have been part of the equation In Dermot Desmond's mind That Celtic would become stronger in European terms And that hasn't happened And that's not good for Brendan Rodgers' reputation And I don't believe it's good for Celtic's reputation When they come to a certain level in Europe And they cannot go beyond there because they're just not good enough. So I think Celtic have to ask themselves, and Brendan Rodgers has to ask himself, am I getting the right players to enable me to go to a better level in Europe? Could the club be doing more to help him in that direction? If the club says, no, we, we can't devote that kind of money to that task, fine. You know, then we you all know, know where you stand. Yeah, we all know where we stand. Uh, but at the moment, that's the only thing I'm saying. I'm asking Celtic to look at themselves and say, what are we exactly? 0141-951-1025 at Clyde SSB on Twitter. Let's speak to Hugh, who's a Motherwell fan from Lanark. Hi, Hugh. Hi, good evening, guys. How are we? Good, Hi, thank you. Uh, not been on a wee while, actually, so uh, just obviously listening to what you were saying about plastic pitches. Mm-hmm. Uh, just a few points. Um, years ago, like Derek... And Hugh will definitely remember, I don't know about you, Gordon, but you'll know where it is, Calder Park in uh, Motherwell. Remember it, I remember playing there well, Hugh. Red Ash. Mm-hmm. We played in them for years, Manny's got cut to everything, so did everybody else's. But now we're on to these plastic surfaces, as they say. I don't agree they're dangerous. The reason being is because we have our kids playing on them just now. If they were dangerous, out with this, things we're doing with kids, they're, they're getting protected, etc. For everything now, why are we allowing to play on them? I played with uh, Kirloko for 35s and in our constitution in the league was we must play on a 4G surface so the games went ahead. Now, you mentioned Brendan Rodgers earlier on there, Hugh, about what he says and things like that about plastic pitches. Now, I'm sure, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but did Brendan Rodgers not want a new surface down in Parkhead that included plastic, plastic surface going through it to help the grass? Yeah, I think the, the, the top the level is the, the old hybrid pitch, isn't it? Not, it's not just Celtic that does that Arsenal have got it Liverpool, Man United, Chelsea, Spurs They've all got it down south Rangers are getting it next season There you go So I don't understand why they're seeing this plastic So I know it's only plastic bits going through it To help the grass etc etc yeah. But If th- This is an instance Wish a sports centre's got one And they've got the, the gra- It used to be the Red Ash And the very first Red Ash one Gordon you might know it the very first Red Ash Park next to the Wish mm-hmm. Sports Centre is now the hybrid one. It's got the, the plastic through the grass. And that's a fantastic surface. Everybody loves playing in it. Oh, I must admit, I don't, but that's fine. I'll, we'll agree to disagree on that one. But uh, Hugh, I think that Hugh Keevans, um, we've got Hugh on the line, which just adds to confusion. Mm-hmm. I think that they're very different things, though, aren't they? Celtic's hybrid pitch, yes, it might have an artificial element to it. Um, I'm not sure you could compare it to no, no. to what you've got at, at Rugby Park, for no, instance. No, we're, no, we're, discussing, like we're discussing apples and lemons here again. Uh, so, I go back to the point. 
they, they don't uh, On a personal basis I think the makers look Mickey Mouse If a man with Brendan Rodgers Background says he's never seen a good game in one I think we have to respect his opinion If Steven Gerrard says uh, 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 Again a man with a Fantastic career behind him As a player If he says they're dangerous I think you have to respect his opinion Well, well that's what this Survey is all about It's not just those two It's, it's the players in, in the league Having said that I'm, I am quite interested In Hugh's point Hugh on the phone About this Dangerous Label That, that we're yeah. giving them Because By all means Draw a draw a distinction and say we don't want them in the top flight because the, the standard of football is not as good. The, the television spectacle, fine. Yeah, but if if they're, if they're dangerous, why on earth are, are all our, are all their youth listen, teams playing on them? Listen, there have been so many programmes on the television about it, and nobody can prove that they're dangerous. Yes, we've had a lot of players that have had bad injuries, but we've had a lot of players that have had bad injuries on grass as well. And that's where the PFA, well-meaning though they have been in putting the petition together, that's where the PEA uh, PFA Scotland will will probably fall with this matter because no one no, will be able to present conclusive proof one way or the to other. Be, to be fair, though, Fraser Wisher explained on last night's show they're not trying to prove at this moment that they're dangerous. They're just quite simply saying that the players that play on them don't like don't them, so they don't yeah. need they don't need proof as far as that's concerned. Hugh, let me ask you though, your own team, Motherwell, are they not a prime example of what can be done with a a relatively modest budget in terms of turning a terrible grass pitch into a brilliant grass pitch? Well, that, that, Gordon, you've, you've hit the nail on the head there. Uh, that was going to be my next point. That's he's going to come back in because obviously the state of our park a few years ago, and I think obviously I think it was Stuart actually made the comment about it. It was an absolute dis- disgrace of a park, which it was, and I 100% agree. Nobody can disagree with that. Now, I think that was more dangerous than what an artificial surface was because it was soft. It used to go away. You used to put your foot down, your foot went away, so you could do yourself mm. a real bad injury with that. But the surface we've got now. And I've had many discussions with Celtic Rangers fans. Whether people agree with me, that's the best surface in Scotland, without a shadow of a doubt. Because if you go and look at anywhere else at the minute, Aberdeen, Dundee United, anywhere Hearts, uh, even Celtic and Rangers, they're all going bare. Fifth Park isn't. Yeah, I, think, I think the players agree with you because it was yeah. voted yeah. the top in the top flight. But again, Hugh, back to... Um, and I should have just phoned Fraser Wishart again rather than me having to regurgitate the, the PFA's arguments. But that that is part of it. It's not all about scrapping artificial pitches. It's about improving the grass ones as well because yeah. that's equally as important. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah, But at some point, somebody has to approach the SFA and say, we want you to put in the statute books... That there must be no artificial surfaces In any of our divisions Or even the top flight And the rest can look at mm. themselves But on what basis do you convince the SFA That this must be done Just that, and the, that, pl- that the players don't like it I don't think that's uh, well, just, uh, 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 Sorry for like, simplifying it But their answer would be that it's it's just Workers talking about their conditions yeah, really. yeah, that's yeah, what I, it would be. I understand that However those who own Hamilton, Kilmarnock and Livingston will say, because the players don't like it, those are not sufficient grounds for us to rip it up. But you know what? You, I, think, I think deep down as well, they don't like it as well, but it's the economics. They can't afford grass. They can't afford to keep it uh, going, somebody, so they put that down. Somebody has to put a persuasive case to the SFA, and I don't know that they have a persuasive case so far Thanks to Hugh in Lanark Ian is a Partick Thistle fan from Bears Den Ian before we talk pitches Talk to me about Scott McDonald Happy with that signing? Uh, jury's out He's, uh, <laughs> He hasn't been playing for a while now 
and he's not exactly a spring chicken, is he? He's obviously a filling, and I doubt he'll be up to speed by the end of the season. Uh, well, Ian's obviously not sold to you. He's a, he's, he's a proven goal scorer in yeah. Scotland. You, I'm sure you wouldn't deny a couple of the things Ian said there. He's, he's not been active recently, aside yeah. from playing five asides with Mark Wilson and Alex Ray. I don't know if that counts. <laughs> he averaged, if I get this correctly, he averaged a goal every three games for Dundee United when he was there. Now, if he gets a goal every three games, it might be enough to keep Thistle up. Uh, so, you know, why not take the chance? Yes, I understand that, that, that there's an ageist aspect to everything in Scotland. You know, Scott Brown's too old and now Scott McDonald's too old. Uh, why not take the gamble? Because Partick Thistle are in a position where they have to take the gamble, the bottom of the league. So if he can help them out... Uh, then I'm sure you'll you'll view him in a different way and at the end of the season. So it's a gamble, of course it is. But is it not a gamble worth taking in your position? Well, I think you go you take a gamble by giving Kelly Valley again. In the last five games he's played six minutes. And this is a guy who was going to set the head on fire and eventually got him cleared. And he's just not giving them a run. That's another matter entirely. I mean you you've you were asked a question about Scott McDonald. Uh, I just think that Scott McDonald, with a proven career scoring goals wherever he's been, there's no obvious connection there with, with the manager. I mean, there's no there's no yeah. getting away from that. He's he's a player that the manager knows. They they played together at Celtic. Yeah, yeah. The manager's reputation's on the line here because you you don't want to be remembered as the man who took Patrick Thistle down to the third tier of Scottish football. So Gary Caldwell has a belief that Scott mm. McDonald can. Make a contribution and, and he has to be careful with, with money as well at Thistle So he's obviously getting them at a good price He's an experienced man Knows where the goals are I, th- I think he will be a good signing for Thistle yeah, uh, Ian forgive me I know you were initially on to talk about pitches Yeah no problem Well I hope, I hope to be proved wrong And he does keep us up Because I would rather have stayed up sure. Obviously um, But the point I was going to make Why I called in uh, The plastic pitch scenario Years ago Thistle and other teams had to spend a fortune Making the stadiums all seated, 10,000 minimum seats. They've done away with the rule. Clubs who couldn't do it at that time were not allowed to come up. You had to have the financial clout to get to the big league. I think the same thing should happen again as far as grass parks go. If you don't have the resources to maintain a grass pitch at the top league, you shouldn't be able to do it. I agree with that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we are supposed to be pursuing excellence. It is my belief that. Excellence is more easily achieved on grass than it is on a synthetic surface. That is also the opinion of the players in this country and it's the opinion of the the managers in this country in the main. I understand that Gary Holt has spoken out against this idea. Uh, I thought that Steve Clark's response was a little hesitant. I don't think he really said everything that he wanted to say on the subject. But I do believe that the pursuit of excellence is more easily achieved on grass than the plastic pitch. All the greatest football clubs play on grass. Full time at Clyde1.com. That's the address you need to send your questions in. Thank you to Ian in Bears Den. Tonight's question sent in by Jerry and Erskine. He's looking for eight players in the English Premier League at the moment who have played in our top flight but never for Celtic or Rangers. Guys like Saul Bamba, Cardiff and Hibbs, Andy Robertson, Liverpool and Dundee United. Callum Patterson. 
Yes, Cardiff and Hearts What about the young lad Fraser at Bournemouth Who played for Aberdeen? Yes, Ryan Fraser, Bournemouth right. and, and Aberdeen of course the two big ones at left here MacArthur and MacArthur Oh, he's got the bit between his teeth We might have to give you those additional answers McCarthy and MacArthur Which means of the uh, of the original list The eight permanent signings We've only got two This doesn't include loanies we'll, We might get onto that if we've got time But the permanent signings You've got two to get Let's see if you can get them next Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's personal injury solicitors. Compensation. They know the score. Talk to Thompson's.com. Into the final part of tonight's Clyde One Super Scoreboard. Hugh Evans and Derek Johnson are going about tonight's full time teaser. The question tonight is we're looking for the eight permanent signings who are in the English Premier League at the moment and have played. In Scotland's top flight But not for Celtic or Rangers So guys like James MacArthur Saul Bamba Callum Patterson Andy Robertson James McCarthy And Ryan Fraser There are a few loanees um, But we're going to We'll just separate them I'll just We'll keep them aside For another day So we're looking for the guys Who were up here permanently I've just named six You've got two to get Well it's not done Fletcher Nope Alright I'll give you some more thinking time Whilst we hear from The new Hibs I was going to say the new Hibs manager Maybe we should hear from Leanne Dempster um, As well Because she's been speaking Today uh, She's defended the club's recruitment process Following the departure of Neil Lennon um, Paul Heckingbottom The new manager Met with the media for the first time Let's hear from Leanne Dempster Well I mean Everybody wants to know everything That's the reality Everybody does want to know everything And at points you can really only tell people The things that you can tell them You can have speculation out there, you can do any number of different things, but I think it's right that you tell supporters what you can, when you can. So we've had a situation in the last three weeks which has been detailed as much as we can. There's no, we can't go into it any further, I'm not prepared to go into it any further. We've came through a process, we are delighted with our new head coach and his number two and we're looking forward to the future. And of course supporters want to know, but what they also want to know is that the club, you know, is moving forward and wants to move forward and... um, you know, if, if it was easier, if you wanted to win a popularity contest, don't join a football club, let me tell you that for nothing. But, you know, you, you know, people are here to make decisions. I've had to make a decision. You have to move forward and go on with it. How challenging have you found this personally? Um, I, I, mean, I, don't, I don't think I've found it particularly... It's not I can't pretend I'm sitting here and saying... I think some of the speculation and some of the, the comments out there have been outrageous. Um, and I think, um, but that's just when, pe- when people don't know, they tend to um, they tend to um, surmise, and not that always is never the best position. And you know, it's better for me, I think, to be professional and just look for- look forward to the club rather than actually fuel that speculation. So, you know, I'm here to try and lead the club, and that means you make tif- difficult and tough decisions, and you have to live with the difficult and tough decisions that you make. And if people like it. Fine if they don't like it Fine But that's That's the nature of Working and leaving the club I understand That clubs can't divulge Absolutely every Item of club business Some things have to be kept in house I, I fully understand that But at the same time Liana, Are you really entitled to say that Speculation's outrageous People just surmise Well Yeah They, they have to surmise it If you don't tell them you know, sometimes they have to surmise if you don't tell them. Now, I think it was a, I think the, the the way in which Neil Lennon left Easter Road was a shambles, and that shambles was down to the club, nothing to do with Neil Lennon or his assistant. And I think the handling of what happened thereafter 
with what do you mean by that i mean how if if you're talking about you know certain things weren't divulged how can you be so sure that neil lennon was a you know 100% victim and because guys lose their job for a, for a reason sometimes you'd have to well, imagine well, well when the club says he'd done absolutely nothing wrong well you're talking so, more so, about the process yeah, oh, yeah right yeah. okay sorry i, I thought you meant yeah. just generally so if he's done nothing wrong why has he got the sack and you know? also again i'm an old cynic however if you square up neil lennon very, very quickly, without any problem at all, uh, then that tells me that Neil Lennon had a very strong case. Uh, so there then comes the business of believing that you have a manager, and then at the 11th hour, he decides that him's not the club for him, and then you go and get somebody else. So it's been a fraught time for Leanne Dempster, and she has to be front of house and take the flack because. Uh, Rod Petrie is not a man for dealing with the media So yes it's a fraught time But that's the life you chose And Derek straight down to business For the new man Paul Heckingbottom This yeah, weekend Yeah well, he's got a good reputation Just reading about you know certain players down south Saying he's, he did a fantastic job down there You know good experienced manager Yeah we've heard all that before I will judge him Once he's been in half a dozen games for Hibs Once he gets his feet under the table and he gets his best side and how he plays Then we can judge whether he's going to be good for Hibs or not Well the former Barnsley and Leeds manager says he's delighted to be back in the dugout He's not paying any attention to the circumstances surrounding any other potential candidates for the job Good to be back, it's what I enjoy doing, it's what I've missed doing So yeah, really pleased When you're working in the game you know how different clubs approach things or try and approach things um, And Hibs always stood out to me as a club with a plan And a real clear way they wanted to do things and be successful um, and that was sort of reinforced really through the, the process of the conversations that I had so it only strengthened that and when you when you think it's a good fit which I did I think you've got to go for it never be any such thing as a perfect job I'm sure but like I said when you think it's a good fit you're silly not to take the chance and, and really take the opportunity and try and make the best of it as a club that has attracted a lot of attention from others wanting the job and at one point earlier in the week it looked as if it might not have been your job did you were you was that disappointing and it's all turned around in your, your No, because you learn not to pay any attention because the week before I was told it was my job thinking, well, how does that happen? Because I'm not in any of the conversations. Uh, so, yeah, so from me first speaking to George and Leanne to then me eventually signing, there were lots of things written and, and said. One or two might have been true, but the majority probably weren't, you know. It, it, so you learn to just ignore the lot. You know what's going off because you're involved in the process and... Yeah, that's exactly as it was It's got a big job to try and climb the league, Hugh Keevens yeah. That said, it must be nice to walk into a club who are in a Scottish Cup quarter-final Yeah, of course uh, Albeit that they're playing Celtic And Celtic want that cup to be part of a treble-treble Therefore, it'll be a memorable, epic cup tie at Easter Road on the 2nd of March Paul Heckenbottom People will go on about his disastrous time at uh, Leeds United Four months, 16 games, bullet uh, But... It doesn't matter He will be judged Starting at Hamilton Ackies tomorrow That's the only thing That will keep Paul Heckenbottom In a job games. Or cost him it yeah. uh, He'll be no different In that regard To Stephen Gerrard Brendan Rogers, Stevie Clark Anybody else Results 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 0141 Still might be time For you to squeeze your call in If you call us quick We're on Twitter At Clyde SSB Um the other 
story doing the rounds that I meant to touch on a bit earlier, Hugh, but you know what it's like. It's live radio. We sometimes get a little bit distracted. Um, let's hear a bit from Craig Levine, shall we? Just very quickly. I'm sure we can squeeze it in. Um, he's hopeful he can secure the services of Stephen Naismith. The striker's contract with Norwich is up in the summer, but the Tynecastle boss says um, there is a, a suggestion that the, the MLS could be an option, but he believes staying in Scotland could be the best solution. I speak to Stephen regularly and he's not a guy who's prone to knee-jerk reactions. I mean, he'll think long and hard about what his next move is. My view is that he's he's in a good place just now. He's playing good football. He's got himself back into the national team. I think all of these things are easier for him if he's still at Hearts. Um, so I'm hopeful that he, he'll stay. The reports this morning were, um, you know, that he's considering... Move, a move to the MLS, how much can that be a head turner? He told me that, and uh, I mean, to be fair, we have very open and honest discussions. My, my view is that I think he'll want to be a coach, um, for sure. I would suggest that when he's a coach, maybe he should go to the MLS and finish, finish his playing career here. Uh, the good news is this looks to be an issue which is going to affect Hearts after this season, Hugh, because at oh. the moment they need him, they rely on him. Yeah, very much so. And he's a top player. Yeah, hearts, he, when he plays hearts, plays as simple yeah. as that. I mean, he's not on the side. You notice the way the results go. Uh, however, we're back to that age argument. He's approaching that stage of his career where, if the offer from America was attractive, then he knows he would be going to a terrific lifestyle. Uh, and so long as it suits his family, then he might be severely tempted. That's what he's got. You, you're right. He's got a youngish family. He's, mm. he's going to the MLS, depending if. if Whereabouts he goes there, the sunshine. Does he want to finish here though, for his last couple of years? Do they want to stay out there? You know, there are lots of questions that have got to be asked. But I'll tell you what, if Hearts lose him, they'll be absolutely gutted because he's been big time for Hearts this season. Very quickly, are you giving St Mirren any chance at Pataudry tomorrow? None. No. I thought you might say that. No. None whatsoever. No. Uh, it's just a. You know, you know, you know, again, unless, you know, St Mirren always just like to get people forward. If you do that and leave space, Aberdeen will punish it. If, if St Mirren go there, get everybody back behind the ball. And make it difficult They might sneak a nil-nil Full time at Clyde1.com That's where you can send your questions in And we will try and use them on the show So tonight's we're looking for Eight players who are in the English Premier League at the moment And have played permanently in our top flight But not for Celtic or Rangers You've got James MacArthur, Saul Bamba, Callum Patterson Andy Robertson, James McCarthy And Ryan Fraser Which means you've only got two to get there were some loanees that I'll quickly run through The likes of Madison, Ruddy, Woodman, Schmeichel, Ward, Dummett But you're looking for two more who played up here permanently Where's Stephen Fletcher? Nope, he's in the championship at the moment McDonald at Fulham He played here but Dundee weren't in the top flight at the the time time. Right, one's a goalie and one's a Scotland international West Ham Snoddy Robert Snodgrass I thought you would have got that one Uh, This is the hardest one Crystal Palace Oh The goalkeeper Spironi Julian Spironi There we go That that was a Fewer clues than you usually need So we're getting better After all these years Great stuff Thank you Hugh Keevans And Derek Johnson It was another busy night The calls and the tweets Are much appreciated Apologies if we didn't Get through them all But the good news is We are back tomorrow Two o'clock until six Make sure you join us A cracking day of football ahead And you can get your weekend Started with GBX Friday next
Clyde One Super Scoreboard with Thompson's Personal Injury Solicitors. Great results for Scottish accident and injury victims for 40 years. 